The Florida Panthers are officially in a position where they control their destiny with 15 games left. Uh, one Panthers prospect has been signed to his ELC, and we're going to discuss what we would want to come out of the GM meetings in South Florida. We're going to discuss it here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Wednesday, March 15th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel and send in your screenshot of your subscription and your screenshot of your five-star rating on whichever podcast app you listen to Locked On Panthers for your chance to win two free tickets to an upcoming Florida Panthers home game. Best of luck, everybody. So, if you guys are wondering why this is a later release on a Wednesday, usually on Wednesday shows, you know, most times there's a game. And we release it right at midnight for you guys to get as soon as you wake up on your commute to work. But there is a different reason for this to be released a little after 10 a.m. as my clock says 9.35 a.m. on a Wednesday morning. And it's because Jacob and myself, we both stayed up to watch all the games as far as the Panthers scoreboard watch on Tuesday night, which is a great opportunity to bring my guest in, Jacob Winans. It's a Winans Wednesday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast where the Panthers got a whole bunch of help. Five out of five results went in the Florida Panthers' favor, which we'll say in a few minutes. But Jacob, welcome back to the show. And it's a little bit of a lighter note for us here on the show, despite the Florida Panthers not playing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, happy to be here, first of all. And then second of all, yeah, it was a it was a fantastic night uh, across the league for the Panthers. If you're a Panthers fan, last night was probably one of the most enjoyable nights you're going to have all season. Uh, on a night where the Panthers don't even play. They got a ton of help, and uh, it was, uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I didn't go to bed until all the games ended because I was just enjoying it too much. Um, we got to see some really good hockey, got to root for a lot of teams that um, are not necessarily uh, teams that we usually root for, but they're they're doing us some favors now. So uh, yesterday was definitely an enjoyable day of hockey. And call me crazy. At most, I had three screens on of games as far as as far as overlaps for for all the scoreboard watch, as well as watching uh, the World Baseball Classic at the same time with uh, with Dominican Republic facing off against Israel, which Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico played tonight uh, for winner advances and loser gets eliminated. So I'm Puerto Rican, so I'm hopefully cheering on for a win for for mi isla, but. Let's talk about the 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 results that happen for the 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 Panthers. Montreal goes into Pittsburgh. The the Pittsburgh result doesn't. I I wasn't gonna 
I wasn't going to be too angry if the Pittsburgh Penguins did end up winning that game because I still think they're locked into wild card one. They, but Montreal goes into Pittsburgh feeling good about themselves uh, go um, with a 6-4 win in regulation. The New York Rangers go um, face off against the Washington Capitals on the Big City Greens uh, game, which was a very entertaining product, more entertaining than I thought it would be. I would definitely want the NHL to do uh, to a broadcast like that again. The Nashville Predators defeat the Detroit Red Wings by a final score of 2-1. to one. Up early, they don't get as many shots on goal on Billy Husso. The Red Wings make a late push, but Nashville ends up winning this. The Edmonton Oilers, The right now the Ottawa Senators are on a West Coast trip. They dropped against Vancouver. They dropped this one against uh, the Edmonton Oilers by a final score of 6-3. to three. And then the, the biggest one, biggest one of the night, the Los Angeles Kings facing off against the New York Islanders, and they win 5-2 to two in regulation. All of these were regulation wins for each of these games, and the New York Islanders went up early. And then the LA Kings used a four-goal second period to just make this one in doubt for the New York Islanders. And right now, Jacob, the Islanders have a 551 points percentage. The Panthers have a 445 uh, points percentage. After tonight, where the New York Islanders play the Anaheim Ducks on the road, a 10 p.m. puck drop, the Panthers will have three games in hand. But regardless of... The even if the Islanders were to come out with a point tonight, yes, the Panthers still control their destiny. Yes, that is correct. But for for weeks we've been talking about those teams behind the Panthers who were had the better points percentage and and had the various games in hand. At one point, I believe Buffalo had six games in hand against the Panthers. After tonight, where they face off against the Washington Capitals, that'll be equal. And with a win, Buffalo will equal points so they've dropped a few here Mm -hmm. but i'm not i'm not ready to i'm not ready to say i i'm not ready to be just overly excited about the the games in hand for for the panthers unless unless the new york islanders obviously lose in regulation tonight which i'm not counting on but i'm not ready to just be fully what's the word having my hopes up about about the Panthers just going full full about them going full speed ahead and and uh and we we know the inconsistencies of this team too that's the thing but of course the a regulation loss for the Islanders tonight helps but how are you viewing this yeah i think i think as far as as the standings watching goes um, it went as well as it could possibly could have for the Panthers last night. Um, now tonight when the Islanders play the Ducks, of course, you go into that game expecting the Islanders to win. They're going to come out. They're going to play a really pissed off game because they dropped one they needed to have last night. Um, and, and they want to put some separation between themselves and the Panthers right now. Uh, I don't think we can, you can go into a sense of panic. Uh, should the Islanders win that game? I think that should be the expectation. Mm-hmm. But the, the the Panthers at the end of the day still control their own path to the playoffs. Um, they're it, it's just about winning games still. Uh, it, it's such a, a simple thing to say, but it's about going out and actually doing it. Uh, yep. the, the the Panthers really what happens in the standings. It's very helpful, which is what's what's happened uh, since the Panthers have played their last their last game. But it, it doesn't get you in. 
the only way to get in is to, is to win these games. So the opportunity has been put in front of the Panthers, but it's up to them to take it. Um, the, it it's it's going to be a, a really interesting race to the finish this uh, of this season. Um, I, I think I think it really is going to come down to a three-team race between the Panthers, the Sabres, and the Islanders. Uh, I don't think the Senators have the have it this year to to make a chase all the way to the to a playoff spot. Um, they have heated up and they they look like a team that may be really dangerous next season. Um, the, the Atlantic is not going to get any easier going forward. So the Panthers have their work cut out for them, not just this year, but long term. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a, a three team race Sabres, Islanders, Panthers uh, for that last wild card spot. I think Pittsburgh has theirs locked in. And it's it's going to be it's going to be about winning the games because the opportunity has been put right in front of the Panthers. It's on the T for them and it's up to them to. To, to make the most of it. Uh, we've, we've seen the Panthers in the past, um, the, the 2017, 18 season where, uh, the, the, the opportunity was right there for them. They had, they went all the way, uh, to the best record in the NHL post all-star break. They, they really had a, a good chance to get in and they dropped a couple of games. They should have won against the senators and the Oilers who were bad at that time that, that they really had control of. So, you're looking for for a little more consistency. Beat the bad teams, contend with the good ones, uh, and scrape out a couple wins there. And I think we've got a really good shot. Yeah, and that's why I kind of I kind of have the a little bit of hesitance when it comes to getting the hopes up. But if if the New York Islanders do get only one point out of out of their matchup against the Anaheim Ducks, and the Florida Panthers do win tomorrow against the Montreal Canadiens. Even though the Panthers will be, be behind in points, they would pass the New York Islanders in points percentage. So a little bit of a perspective uh, there. And if the New York Islanders lose in regulation tonight against the Ducks, even before the Panthers hit the ice on Thursday, the Panthers will pass the Islanders in points percentage. But still, win your games. That is the most important thing here here for, for this team. And... But let's see. Let's see what they can do. But we're going to transition over to segment number two, where we're going to talk about a signing for the Panthers. And this is the time of year where the prospects are out of of their college season and and or junior and make their decision to 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 sign their their contracts with their respective uh, clubs that have their rights. We're going to discuss that next here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about FanDuel. And we're at the midway point through the NBA season. It's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line, point scores, to three strength. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss your no your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Segment number two here on this March 25th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, another edition of Winans Wednesday. Jacob Winans is back for another edition of the show. And Jacob, so we had a signing a few days ago uh, with the Florida Panthers, uh, third round pick from the 2022 NHL entry draft, 93rd overall, left-handed defenseman Merrick Alsher, 
has signed his ELC uh, with the Florida Panthers, played this uh, last season with the Portland Winterhawks. And then after after this season, even though he can go to, to, to Charlotte, he has two years of eligibility to go back to junior if if he so if the Panthers so want him to do so. I mean, that's what Evan Niles is doing right now, even though he has his uh, ELC signed. But talk about let's talk about this. 6'3", 190, 196 pounds at, at 18 years old and a chance to even get bigger as his body uh, matures. And he's a guy who can who is more of a stay home defenseman can can hit and some guy and a guy who is great around the blue paint as far as clearing pucks. Uh, and and he's top in PK minutes in the WHL this season for the Panthers. Uh, he's not going to be on the roster next season. L- let's uh, let's already temper our expectations uh, there as far as that. But we've consistently talked about how these are the draft picks that the, the the Panthers do need to. I mean, let's think about their past draft where the first round pick was traded for Sam Reinhart, and then the second round pick that was traded was the Sam Bennett trade. To Calgary, so their their first two picks were defensemen. The, of course, Merrick Alsher was the first one. Lugvid Janssen was the was the second one in the fourth round. But these are the picks that the Panthers do uh, need 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 to hit. And th- th- right now, the Florida Panthers also have forty six contracts out of a maximum fifty on their team, and twenty one of them UFAs and RFAs are going to be either renewed or expired going into next season. Number one, what are your thoughts on Merrick Alsher? And number and number two, who do you think is next to be to put pen to paper as far as ELC signed for the Panthers? Yeah, so um, obviously Merrick Alsher, uh, he's a, a defensive defenseman, stay-at-home guy, uh, does a lot of the dirty work, uh, clears pucks, has a good first pass. He's a big guy. I think he's gonna he's gonna get significantly bigger. Uh, I, I think his playing weight will end up over 200 pounds. And at six foot three, that's exactly what the Panthers are missing: um, height, weight, uh, strength. Um, a stay-at-home guy. Now, uh, the, these type of defensemen tend to develop a l- at a little bit slower pace than offensive defensemen or forwards. Uh, so we shouldn't expect him to make a big NHL impact in, until at least two, three. Uh, maybe even four years from now when he w- will really settle into an NHL role. But um, it's important to remember that as as we do sign these prospects, as prospects come through the pipeline, one, these are the guys that are going to keep the cup window open for longer. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone knows that when, you're, when you have a team that's contending, you can't afford to keep everyone. And it's about replacing those guys, uh, preferably from in-house having good prospects who can replace guys as, as your, your cup window extends. And we're on an eight year timeline right now uh, with, with Barkov and Kachuk. Uh, that's, that's the goal. You got to win a cup within that window. It, it's, it's a long amount of time, but we're talking about a guy who's 18 years old. You project eight years out from now, uh, 20, 25, 26 years old. He, his timeline falls perfectly in with, with where the Panthers are. Um, but at the same time, any prospects that are signed or unsigned are also are also valuable as as trade assets. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not to say anyone that that we mentioned in this segment is trade bait. But um, you also have to remember that that the better your prospects are, the better your your trade your trade um, capital or pedigree is. 
as far as as far as being able to go get uh, players and win now moves. So I like the signing. I think he's going to be a really good stay at home defenseman. Uh, I liked him on draft night and and uh, Tom McLean, one of our guys with Panther Parkway. Uh, he's, he's been talking for years about how the Panthers need to, to get bigger on defense and, uh, more height, more weight. And Alsher definitely brings that as long as his skating, uh, trends positively, uh, towards an NHL level skater, uh, he's got all the, the physical tools necessary. Um, and, but to answer your second question, uh, guys that I think have the best shot at being the next prospect signed, there's some obvious ones, um, yeah. Very obvious one, Mackie Semiskevich out of Michigan. I don't think there's anything really left for him at the college level uh, after after this year. Um, I, I think he's a virtual lock to sign his ELC and, and make the jump to pro. Uh, I, honestly, depending on where the Panthers are in the playoff chase, I could see him jumping right into the NHL lineup right now uh, when he does sign uh, if, if the Panthers are, are in a spot where they can uh, afford to give him games. Um, or if they see that he could be an asset to the NHL team right away, even on just on a practice basis without, without going uh, into, into a, a game itself. Uh, obviously, there's some cap work to do with that. So, yeah. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> yeah. Uh, adding anyone uh, uh, with the Panthers' current cap constraints could be challenging, but uh, I, I, would not, I would not be too surprised if, that, if that's the case. Uh, second on my list, I've got Mike Benning. Uh, University of Denver. Uh, he honestly could have signed after last season if he wanted to. Uh, he literally accomplished everything there is to accomplish at the college level, won a championship last year, scored the game-winning goal for that. Um, but he's been even better this season, and I think he's he's a really smart guy, decided he needed a little bit more seasoning at the college level, wanted to improve his defensive game, uh, and, and I think it's paying off for him. But he's uh, he's an NHL legacy. His dad is a former Panther. His brother, uh, Matt Benning, is a NHL veteran. So he's he's a guy who knows what it takes. Um, and then I had two other ones here on my list. I've got uh, Ludwig Janssen, who had an incredible World Junior campaign for, for Team Sweden. I could see him getting his ELC at some point soon. And I have a kind of underrated guy, very underrated, um, fifth-round pick last season, Right now, playing for um, the Sarnia Sting in the OHL, I've got Sandus Vilmanis. Um, I, I like his game a lot. I think he's a good energy guy, uh, future bottom six player. Uh, but I could see the Panthers signing him and then returning him back to juniors. Yeah, and Mike Benning, uh, 30, 34 points in 38 games, a, four, um, a fourth round pick for uh the the panthers and you and man what 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 a find for for the panthers getting them uh that that deep in into the draft number 95 overall for for the panthers uh 34 points in 38 games 13 goals 21 assists for 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 the panthers and let's also not forget his teammate uh, jack divine i don't think he'll get an elc right away for the panthers but he's a later round pick for the panthers and he just got his first hat trick for the university of denver and let's not forget that mackie samuskevich also got second team big 10 honors uh just the other just the other day uh for for the university of michigan so great uh so encouraging signs that the panthers will be uh will 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 it will have that that pipeline uh ready to to play in 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 charlotte uh coming next season and who knows maybe maybe if their curve is going the right direction maybe some nhl action and a silver lining about being in a cap crunch is uh more playing time for 
Lucas Carlson and Matt Kierstead out down in Charlotte. And, you know, they got a little bit of a taste of the NHL last season. Uh, and, 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 and now, and now they're getting that more of that development time and, and improving. And, and Matt Kierstead is um, TJ Schlott was a play by play voice of the checkers was talking about how he's getting, um, he's getting more into, into the rushes playing inside the hashes and all that stuff. And, uh, the point production for Lucas Carlson is is there too, as well. So, um, which is, if you do re-sign a Radko Gudis, it creates a little bit of a logjam there for Carlson and Kierstead as well. Uh, so that that'll that'll be a big decision for Bill Zito. But one me- name that we haven't mentioned yet is uh, Jakub Kaz uh, for for the Panthers, and not not necessarily about whether he should be signed to his uh, ELC or not, but a, 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 an unfortunate incident that happened in uh in his game out in uh finland uh the the other day is uh is a fractured neck and and the first reports were saying that he was probably going to never play hockey again and he did play in the world uh world juniors uh this uh this uh this last go this last go round and uh but they they did say that he is on the way to recovering fully but he won't play the end of the season I looked up the play near the boards. I couldn't really tell exactly what happened. the The camera view was uh, was not the best view, but I saw him. I did see the play that crashed him towards the boards, and you already see the opponent like waving somebody because they saw that Yapkup Kaz was definitely not okay. Uh, any thoughts on Yapkup Kaz uh, as far as the injury? Well, the first concern, of, of course, is his health. Uh, we don't really care about uh, his, his long-term projections with the Panthers or anything like that. Um, we, we just want him to be okay health-wise. It, it, it could have been much, much worse. Early reports were that, yeah, like you said, that he may never play hockey again and that he was lucky not to be paralyzed. Um, we do know that the player who hit him, uh, I, I was not able to even find a replay of the incident. Um, I, I do know that the player who did, who, who did lay that hit was suspended for multiple games. Um, but it was, it's a very, really unfortunate play. Uh, it's, it's one of the dangers of hockey. It's, um, you can do your best to play it clean and, and, and avoid injury, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a high speed game and there's a lot of risk involved. Um, you hate to see that for a young prospect who, who has NHL aspirations. Um, but the, the most encouraging news is that they expect him to make a full recovery and, uh, hopefully, uh, we, we, obviously are really hoping that he can make a full recovery to the point where he can play hockey again at the highest level uh, and, and, and live out his dream of playing uh, in the NHL, uh, preferably in a Panthers uniform. So um, encouraging news on his health that he, they expect a full recovery. Um, it's just, that's just heartbreaking news uh, when you see a guy, especially a young player with everything in front of him, suffer an injury like that. But uh, if, if there's some encouragement that you can look to uh, in a situation like this, it's it's right in the Panthers' own pipeline. Uh, Logan Hutsko had a very similar situation uh, in his in his journey um, before being drafted by the Panthers, suffering a broken neck uh, in his development. And um, he's he's since rebounded, made a full recovery, and, and looks like he may be an NHL player in the future as well, already doing some great things with the Charlotte Checkers right now. So uh, hopefully, hopefully Jakob Koss can – uh, continue uh, his, his his hockey career, and uh, this is just a minor setback for a major comeback. Yeah, and, and like we said, quality off the ice is where is is what we're looking for more more importantly, and we're and we're cheering for the check the check forward. 
uh, as, as he makes a, a full recovery, hoping hoping for the best for uh, forward Jakob Kaz. But we're going to transition over to segment number three, where the GM meetings are currently going on in South Florida. We, we're going to talk about some of the speculations that might be spoken about or, or what we would like to see changed as far as, as that. We're going to discuss that next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about Built Bar. And if you're looking for, are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better is that they're healthy. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get your local Walmart and Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box of with our hip flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later third and final segment here on this wednesday march 15th edition of the lockdown florida panthers podcast another edition of winans wednesday with my fellow guest jacob winans and jacob so like we said gm meetings are going on in south florida right now which is so great if you're a florida panthers fan if you think about all-star game being here GM meetings being in a great climate, it, it, it gives me it gives me all the faith that even when the Panthers are up for an, uh, a new arena arena deal, uh, I believe it's twenty twenty eight. That's a while from now. That they are in a good position to stay. That, that that that's just a little bit of first thoughts there as far as that. But as far as the meetings go and some of the speculation that the of what of what was talked about or what could have be uh the, the gms be talking about we won't know officially until gary bettman talks to the media uh um later this week and there's exp- and one of the talks is expanded review for puck over glass and high sticks and something that jeff merrick spoke about is what what is the problem as far as sports lately it's time of game and length baseball is doing it with the pitch clock now for, for this season. And I'm not sure how much more review we should have in, in the NHL as well, because we've seen these long reviews that we're just waiting here and waiting here. And then of course our thoughts are the longer review is the more, the, the opportunity for it to be overturned. What, what are your, uh, what, what are your, what are your thoughts on, uh, on a possible expanded, uh, review for the nhl um personally i don't love it Uh, i think in in general i mean i'm not in these i'm not in these rooms i've never been in a replay center uh in in the replay uh, operations where where they have all these camera angles and review everything um and and break all these plays down i've never been in that situation um i i've i've spoken to dave jackson from espn the former ref about the review process and and um, it, it personally, I feel like it can be a lot quicker. I think a lot of these things, I don't necessarily understand why the, the official on ice official has to put on the headset and go take out the iPad and, 
and and look through everything with the replay center. I think for the most part, the replay center can quickly review just about anything and just let the, the on-ice official know what the call is. Um, I, I, I feel like I feel like a lot of these can be done a lot quicker. Um, and then there's some that are just kind of tedious and, and really unnecessary to even review uh, at times. I don't know about expanding the, the reviews for high sticks and puck over the glass. I think the puck over the glass penalty is um, kind of dumb in general. I, I don't really love that that penalty unless it's clearly intentional. I, I know that would be a judgment call to see if it's clearly intentional, but a lot of times this is such a high-speed game. Players, it, it, it's, it's a complete accident, and I really don't feel like it, it should be penalized the way it is. Uh, I, I would love to see some adjustment there. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I don't love expanded review. I don't really see the, ne- the, the need for it uh, as far as, as far as uh, something that they need to expand upon. I, I'm, I'm good how it is with, with that. Uh, one thing I would like to see change as far as reviews go, I, can we please get some consistency on goaltender interference at this point? I mean, <laughs> how many more GM meetings are we going to go to before we have some, uh, some clarity on on what is actually goaltender interference. We've seen that bite the Panthers multiple times this year, and it, it, it gets everybody. Every team has at least a couple, a handful of goaltender interference um, issues throughout the season where it's either against you or you have a goal taken off, and it's like, this is dumb. Like, why, are we, why are we still debating this? So if we're going to talk about reviews, it should be with goaltender interference, not with puck over the glass and expanded high stakes. Yeah, and it leaves you scratching your head, which is the motion I just did a few uh, seconds ago, so, and uh, for for sure. And that, and also, we also got to consider operating costs for adding cameras around the arenas too. For for uh, for if we want to have a clearer view of what uh, puck over glasses. I mean, let's not forget in the playoffs, it took a it took a while for a Tampa Bay Lightning goal to be um, taken off the, against the Panthers. Uh, because the puck went over over the netting as well, which uh, helped the Panthers at the time. Uh, I, th- I believe that was game four, if I'm not mistaken. But still, the Panthers didn't do anything as far as like uh, getting a win there. Another one is a uh, instigator penalty. As far as hard hits, we we we're 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 seeing hits more. And, we're we're seeing more and more that even when hits are clean, that that your um, teammates are going after a guy because of course you want to defend your guy. And, you know, this, like you said, this is a fast game. You you never know what the intent of someone is as far as trying to hurt someone uh, or, or what, whether, uh, or whether your peripherals are slightly off. So you might not see it. You might be making judgment yourself as a player on whether it was intentional or not. And about who gets a, it, who gets to go to the the box for for uh, for getting in a scuffle after a big hit? I mean, we were debating uh, just the other day in our chat about Radko Gudis going into the box, uh, going to the box for for a, a roughing penalty, and then we saw a replay. I'm like, the hell did he do? What well, we like? We didn't see anything that would uh, go uh, that would require Radko to to be going to the, to the box as well so that's also and i feel like the nhl is slowly trying to take uh fighting out of the game but at the same time i'm not i'm not making something for or against it but if if there is a hit that you deem dirty as a player and even if they don't call it are the are the players just going to stand there? I don't know. I don't know if I'm in that position that I can. Right. I, I, it's it's a tough one because a lot 
a lot of this, it stems back to officiating, right? So officiating, if, if everything is called fairly uh, and, and the, the officials are, are policing the action, then you don't have so many vigilante players trying to take matters into their own hands on the ice to punish somebody if, if the officials properly call the game uh, and, and guys who deserve to go to the box go to the box. Uh, like you said, the, the Radko, uh, the Radko Gudis situation against Vegas, that one was absolutely ridiculous. Um, it, it made no sense to anyone in the building why, why they went with the even it up penalty and, and it was four on four. I mean, Radko got attacked. Uh, simple as that. He got his helmet ripped off. He's standing there, not throwing any punches. He gets attacked, tackled the dog pile on top of him. Like I didn't understand that at the time. And we've seen that too way too often where the officials will simply pull one guy from the scrum on each side and call it even, even though it's, it's not even uh, a lot of times these situations are not even. Uh, and then with the, um, with, with the instigator penalties, I feel like they need to be more strictly enforced. It used to be, uh, and I'm not, I'm not necessarily a hockey purist who wants to take us back a decade in, in how the game should be played. I really don't believe in that. Uh, I feel like the game can always grow and evolve, but it, it used to be kind of an unwritten rule that you don't hit a star player and you don't hit a rookie. If you don't, if you don't throw big hits on a star player or a rookie, you're usually not going to have problems. Everyone else is fair game. Right now, we're kind of seeing a trend where if you throw a big legal hit on anybody, anyone on the on the ice, someone's in your face dropping the gloves and ready to jump you. I feel like that's bad for player safety. I feel like it's 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 dangerous because oftentimes these guys just threw a clean hit. They're not expecting to drop the gloves, and all of a sudden they've got an angry dude flying in their face with fists out. It's a dangerous situation to be in, and I feel like that can lead to injury. I feel like that if we're looking to to cut down on fighting and the unnecessary fights, you have to start with this. Uh, ho- hockey is a physical game. It's a full-contact sport. Hitting is part of it. Uh, and to me, unless it's a star player or, or a rookie, um, that guys that you, that you are really, it's you really your responsibility to protect out there. I feel like everyone else, if you get hit, you take your hit, you get up and you move on, uh, and maybe hit somebody back on your next shift. I think a perfect example of this would be, uh, Jacob Truba has hit on yes. Nazem Kadri earlier this year and post game Kadri said straight up, he's like, no, nothing wrong with it. Clean hit. I got back up and, and keep it moving i mean that's that's really all it is if if you get hit and you're okay then and and you keep playing that's hockey uh and i don't i really don't see the 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 need for for guys who one it's it's usually a lot of times it's not even a guy who's an enforcer who jumps into fight it's just the closest player on the ice is jumping into fight you don't want we don't want our skill guys getting involved in fights to avenge a clean hit i mean that's how guys get hurt that's how guys miss games and we, we want to see we want to see the skill be the skill. We, we want guys who are good hockey players to 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 play good hockey, and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to drop the gloves all the time. So, uh, player safety is going to be a huge topic of discussion, um, guaranteed. Officiating player safety, and uh, one one other thing, uh, since we're on the topic that that we didn't touch on, I want I kind of wanted your opinion on it as I was reading up on the GM meetings. The uh, some increased uh, player safety equipment. Um, like laceration guards uh, for for wrists for for necks, um, we've seen some some major player safety concerns as far as as far as skate lacerations as the as the speed of the game picks up. Where do you stand on on uh, making things like that mandatory or or highly recommending them or even putting it, putting forth some kind of incentive for players to wear those? 
Uh, where do you stand as far as that stuff is concerned? I think it should be highly recommended because you think about Evander Kane, what happened to him, uh, to him um, earlier earlier in the season. I, I believe it was against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then you see him mm-hmm. like like this, uh, skating all the way to the locker room down the tunnel. And I believe it was two seasons ago. There was a Patrick Hornquist also had a skate go down his uh, hip, I believe, and then he was skating off the ice too. So I do believe that it should be optional uh, for for the players, but it should be something that should be uh added for for the players and i i I do think i'm we all i I also do think about this this should be at their at their disposal um here but at the same time these guys are adults and they can make the decision that they want it's it's like wearing it's like wearing a cup too as as a as a as a skater too you can choose whether whether uh to to wear one or not but if you do get do get hit there, you uh, you do face the you do face the consequences, and and being hit there isn't in, in enough of a punishment. Uh, but I do think that it should be there at, at, at the as a resource for for the players more and more. And hey, if you if you happen to want to wear, wear want to wear these, there could be a financial incentive. And of course, any 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 more money squeeze is like is uh i don't know maybe like an extra mortgage payment for for these houses an extra vacation um, an extra vacation for a player to treat their families in the off season so these players could use the extra cash for it um even even though they make a lot of money i agree i i think it i, I don't think we're at the point where anyone's going to make it mandatory um because we've seen pushback on making even visors on helmets mandatory i mean the players are creatures of habit they get comfortable um and and they don't want to change the routine too much but i think if you make some sort of incentive uh encourage it in young players i think it it, it could really go a long way as panther fans uh we we know the dangers uh we we've seen richard zednick um we've seen some of these incidents and and you don't want it to be the next one uh that, that causes change huberdo getting his, his achilles uh stepped on you, you don't want you would hate to see a tragedy be the reason for a rule change so um, that yeah, I think player safety is going to be a huge topic of discussion at the GM meetings as well. Not just the fighting aspect, but uh, protective equipment and and a whole host of other things that I'm sure we haven't even touched on. Yeah, goalie pegs is another one about how they're put put together. But goalie those goalie yeah. pegs are necessary because you can't have the the goal stay there uh, because if you knock your the back of your head on it and the goal doesn't fall off. You're just risking even more injuries. So it's about how to consistently keep those pegs on and how it's appropriate to be um, removed if there is a big collision at the net and how much drilling is. And and those are for ops uh, needing to. And, and it's a science that I'm not fully. I'm not fully. Um, grasp on as far as uh, goalie pegs there but that's another topic of discussion for for that but jacob i want to thank you for coming on this winings wednesday edition of the locked on florida panthers podcast another big scoreboard watch tonight for the panthers as the buffalo sabers and the washington capitals face off against each other tonight we're rooting for a capitals win and of course the new york islanders facing off against the anaheim ducks in in southern california which we're hoping for a ducks win tonight and then the panthers they'll be on the ice tomorrow so a a bit more more activity despite it being another off day for for the panthers but tell everybody where they can follow you online for sure you can follow me on twitter at jacob winans eight uh the chase continues go go caps go ducks 
Awesome. Awesome, Jacob. Uh, th thank you so much, and I'll see you next week, my friend. Looking forward to it. Thanks. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows in the Locked On AHL network, including Locked On AHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Stu Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first system of the day. Now make your second listen, Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game NHL on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. So I'm Armando Velez with Jacob Winans. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day.